We'll be in Psalm 51 tonight. We looked at the superscription, the little title of this psalm, a couple of weeks back, and uh, we're going to look at a few more verses tonight. This is one of my favorite psalms. I love to read this psalm from time to time. Psalm 51, while you're turning to that, uh, there are some envelopes up here for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We'll be taking that up all this month, so if you want to give to this offering, uh, it helps our missionaries all around the world that, that do lots of different work. Uh, there are lots of good videos, I can give you the link to where to watch them at, that, that have a lot of Mississippi missionaries uh, that are all over the world, and they kind of tell their stories and how the monies that we give are used to help them. And so uh, if you want to watch some of those videos, I can tell you where to find them online, and uh, it's really neat to see uh, how, how these young missionaries that we have are doing the work that they're doing. So if you want to give to this, uh, you can grab one of these. Uh, out of the offering plate and get it back in sometime before the month is over. Also, uh, don't run off tonight when we get through, uh, after we get through uh, with the scripture and praying. Uh, we're going to light up the Christmas lights on the church. Got some hot chocolate back there ready to go, so it ain't going to take but a couple of minutes, and I'll wheel that out there. Got some cookies that uh, that are sitting back there ready to eat, and so we'll head outside, and if you want to stick around and uh, see the lights, come on, uh, hang out for a minute, get you some hot chocolate, and uh, fellowship for a little while, and uh, maybe we can tough it out before it gets too cold. All right, Psalm 51. Let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that they would speak to us, God. Maybe there's nothing we need to hear in them tonight, but God, if it's not, help us to tuck them away in our heart, that you would recall the words that we're going to read uh, to our mind, dear Lord, that, that, that they would be there for us in a time of encouragement, in a time maybe when we are in a situation like David, God. I pray that we would just call out to you, and I just pray that you would hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach these next few minutes and let these words uh, bring glory to you and all that's said. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. All right, Psalm 51. Now, this psalm is unique, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, in that we know what was going on when David wrote this psalm. He had uh, had an affair with Bathsheba. She, he had had Bathsheba's husband killed to try to cover up the fact that she was pregnant <coughs> so he could marry her very quickly. And that's what's going on in David's life. He had sinned greatly. Uh, the child was born and died, uh, and, and, and David was in a hard time because of his sin. And when David speaks the words that he's speaking in this psalm, uh, we, we kind of can sense what he's going through. We know that he has sinned in a great way. Now, that's something that you and I can probably relate to because there are no doubt occasions in our life where we have sinned in a great way, are sinning in a great way, or perhaps will sin in a great way in the future. Now, uh, sin is never okay. It was not okay for David, and it's not okay for us. But uh, David shows us what a real heart of repentance is in this psalm, and this is a beautiful psalm, uh, and, and it's good, I think, for all of us because we can relate to really blowing it big. And when I say blowing it big, I mean sinning and doing something we shouldn't have done. So we can relate to David, maybe not in the exact uh, way, or perhaps so, uh, but in some way in our life, we can relate to the fact that we sin against God. He says in verse 1, Be gracious to me, God. Now, let's stop right there for a second, because those words are pretty powerful words for us to consider. Now, you know the weight of sin. Everybody in here probably knows the weight of sin. When you have 
done something that you know you should not have done. Perhaps you have experienced consequences or are experiencing consequences as a result of sin. You feel the burden of that, the weight of that, the, uh, the pressure that, that is just on you because of your sin. You can't really rest. Uh, your, your conscience eats away at you. The Holy Spirit convicts you, uh, especially those of us who are Christians, those of us who follow the Lord. And boy, when we sin in that way, there is nothing we can say to the Lord other than be gracious to me. God, give me your grace. God, I have sinned greatly. I do not deserve it. I have done things that I should not have done. I have said things that I should not have said, dear Lord. I have acted in a way that I should not have acted. God, be gracious to me. That's the only thing that God can be to us. That's the only hope that we have is that God does not give us what we deserve because our sin is deserving of any punishment that we would receive. Our sin is deserving of separation from God. Our sin is deserving of an eternal hell. But thankfully, God is gracious. Thankfully, God does not give us what we deserve. But thankfully, he gave us what we did not deserve in Jesus Christ a Savior who gave his life for us, a Savior who showed his mercy and who showed his grace by being nailed to the cross and taking every moment of the suffering so that his, your sins could be paid for by his sacrifice on the cross. And so we don't deserve God's grace, but even though we don't deserve it, we still serve a gracious God. And even though we don't deserve it, he gives it to us. That's what great grace is, getting what we do not deserve. And what else could David say? What else could David do? I'm sorry, I'm going to make it up to you, I'm going to be better. He could have said all of those things, but it would not have made a difference because the only thing that would have saved David and brought David comfort was the fact that God was gracious to him. And the same is true for you and I. When we sin greatly, there is no amount of being better, doing better, helping people more, giving more in the offering plate, coming to church more. None of those things forgives us of our sins. None of those things puts us back in a good relationship with God. There is only one thing that puts us in a good relationship with God, and that is the grace of God. When we repent of our sins and we call out to God in the same way that David did and say, God, be gracious to me. Now, there may be some of you that need to utter those very words tonight. Maybe you've uttered them in the past, or maybe there will come a time in the future where you need to remember what David did, a time when you think, boy, I have really blown it. I have done some horrible things. God does not love me. God could never forgive me. Well, I don't know what you've done or what you might do, but I know what David did. He committed adultery and he committed murder. And you know what? God was still gracious to him. Why? Because David had a repentant heart. David said, God, I have messed up. God, be gracious to me. Now, one of the greatest lies of the devil is that God's grace is no longer sufficient for you, that God's grace has run out for you, that you have sinned too greatly. Well, I will venture to say that you have sinned no greater than what David did, and guess what? God's grace was still good for him, and it, was, it is still good for you if you repent and call out to God and say, God, be gracious to me. That's good stuff right there. We could stop there, but we'll keep going a little further. According to your faithful love. According to your 
abundant compassion. Now notice who David is depending on here for this grace, for this forgiveness. He's depending on God. He doesn't say, God, be gracious to me because I've been a pretty good guy. God, be gracious to me because I trusted in you and I slayed Goliath. God, be gracious to me because I've been a pretty good king to your people. Where Saul failed, I have succeeded. God, be gracious to me because you have chosen me and I'm a man after your own heart. God, be gracious to me because I'm pretty good and I'm going to do better in the future. God, be gracious to me because of me. He doesn't say that. Because David knows that there is no, nothing that he can do or has done that will, that will allow him to be in good standing with God. There's nothing that he can say, God be gracious to me because of what I have done. Instead, he says, God be gracious to me because of you, because of what you have done, because of your faithful love. Now, David had been unfaithful to the Lord. He had been disobedient to the Lord. But the Lord is not unfaithful. The Lord is not disobedient. And even when we are unfaithful to God, God will remain faithful to us. Now that's good news right there. Because how many times do we sin against God? Well, we sin so many times we can't even count. And we come to God and we ask for His grace, not because we are faithful, not because we are perfect followers, but because He is faithful. Because he has compassion. David says, because of your abundant compassion. I have sinned greatly, God, but because you are faithful, but because you are grace, uh, full of grace, but because you are full of compassion, God, forgive me because of your greatness. God, I do not deserve it. I am a sinner, but God, be gracious to me. Blot out my rebellion. Wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Now we can probably relate, relate to David there. Has there ever been some sin in your life, and it is always before you? You cannot get it off your mind. You, 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 you feel the, the pressure of that sin. You just can't get any relief. You can't get any joy. You can't get any satisfaction because that sin is tearing you apart and you know it's in your life. We can relate to David here when he says, my sin is always before me. I know what I've done. I feel the pressure of what I've done, God. And he says, God, blot out my rebellion. That's what sin is when we are rebellious to God. When we turn from God and we choose our sin and we choose not to follow God, we are rebelling against God and David knows that he has sinned. This is his prayer of repentance. This is him pouring his heart out saying, God, blot that sin out. God, take that sin away from my life. God, don't look upon that sin. God, help me to overcome that sin. Help me to experience your grace so that the sin is not weighing down on me, but I am freed from the burden of the sin. Wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. Perhaps those are the words that some of us need to utter tonight. God, wash away my sin. God, cleanse me of my guilt. Boy, that guilt that comes along with sin, it will eat you up. It will tear you up when you are living in the guilt that comes along with sin. 
Now, that's one of the devil's greatest tactics there. Boy, he, he, he gets us caught up in that guilt. And boy, he, he makes us get weighed down with that guilt. He makes us feel like David does, where we feel the weight of our sin. And as long as we give in to that guilt and we live in that guilt and we live in that sin, guess what? He keeps us down. But the moment that we are like David and we call out to God and say, God, be gracious to me, God will lift us from that sin. He will forgive us of that sin and he'll take the weight of that sin from our life. Verse 4, against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Now, David says here, against you, against you alone I have sinned. Now, we can sin against other people in some sense. We do things that we shouldn't do and we sin against other people. But ultimately, every sin we commit is a sin against God. Every sin we commit, we are sinning against God. And David recognized that. God against you and you alone I have sinned. David knew that God was in control, that God was the only God, that God was the creator of the heavens and the earth, that God was the perfect and righteous judge. And David said, look, against you alone I have sinned. There is no one else I can go to, Lord. There is no one else who can give me forgiveness. There is no one else who can deliver me from my sin. God, I'm calling out to you to be gracious to me because it's against you and you alone I have sinned. And it's you and you alone who can restore me and bring me back where I want to be in a relationship with you. And David says of God, you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. David said, look, whatever you do to me, Lord, I deserve it. Whatever you do, God, is right because you are a righteous and a just judge. Everything you do is right. God, if you pass judgment and sentence on me today, if you strike me dead today, dear Lord, that's what I deserve and you are right to do so. You are just for doing so. But God, even though I am deserving of punishment, God, I am asking for your grace. Now, these are beautiful words, and we'll stop here for tonight. But read through the rest of this psalm. Boy, it's good stuff in here. It's good stuff because we can probably all relate to what David said. And the good news is, when we look at that and say, yeah, I get it. I feel it. I understand what David's talking about. The good news is, if you feel like you are where David was when he wrote these words, listen to what his words are and follow his example. David sinned greatly, but guess what? The Lord did restore him. The Lord did forgive him. Psalm 23, he restoreth my soul. Isn't that good stuff? David knew what it was like to have his soul restored, and some of you know what it's like to have your soul restored, and some of you may need to have your soul restored today. And God is still in the soul-restoring business. And when we call out to God and say, God, I have sinned, but I come to you, be gracious to me, and guess what? When we follow David's examples here, we may find ourselves uttering the same words that he uttered in Psalm 23. He restoreth my soul. If you need your soul restored today, it can only be restored by the grace of God that comes through Jesus Christ. If there's sin in your life, you need to repent it repent of it and you need to call out to God and say God be gracious to me and when our heart turns to God guess what God hears us and God restores our soul let's pray 
Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for this good psalm. We thank you for these words of David and I pray, God, that they would have an impact in our life. God, maybe they don't strike a chord with us tonight, but maybe they will in the future, dear Lord. But uh, if the time comes and there's sin in our life, don't let us be happy in that sin, but God, let us repent of that sin like David. Let us recognize our evil that's, that's in our hearts, dear Lord, and the evil that we do. And God, we don't deserve your grace, but we are thankful for it. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we can be forgiven. And God, I pray that if there's a soul in here tonight that's struggling, that they would turn to you and that they would be a soul that's restored. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.